The reading this morning is taken Luke chapter 1, verse, starting at verse 46. Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him, from generation to generation. For he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now, the last nine months have seen many moments of waiting. In the early stages, there was the waiting for the first lockdown to end. And some people thought that we would soon be back to normal. But others were very much of the view that life would be very different for much longer. After the initial crisis, there was the waiting to see what we could do in the summer, whether holidays would happen or not. And then in the autumn, it was clear that life was far from normal and the focus was more on waiting for a vaccine, which, of course, in recent days has brought very encouraging news. And in the last few weeks, there has been waiting to see what restrictions would apply to Christmas, and what we could do, what we couldn't do, and which tier we would be in. Such a roller coaster of uncertainty. Times of waiting, times of expectation, times of disappointment, times of deep pain. Nine months of living with uncertainty, of changing plans from day to day, of deep reflection on what life is all about. For some, it's been a very busy time. For others, a very lonely time. For some, it's been a time which has carried deep pain and loss. For others, a time of opening new doors for creativity, new ways of living. For many of us, it has been an exhausting combination of all of those different feelings and emotions. It has been a truly amazing nine months. In the Christmas story, Mary had nine months of waiting too. It was, of course, for a very different reason. But this time also brought its highs and lows, its challenges and its fears. The visit of the angel Gabriel to Mary announcing that she would give birth to the Son of God was extraordinary in so many ways. How incredible for Mary that she should have been given this honor, but equally how challenging for her to see it through. This would change the whole course of Mary's life. She was to know the unease of being an unmarried pregnant mother, the discomfort of a long, hard journey the difficulties of labor in extreme conditions. Later in her life, there would be other deeply painful and challenging moments that she would face. 
And yet she had the unique and unparalleled honor of being right at the center of the purposes of God and having a crucial role in fulfilling the uh, purposes that God the Father had for the whole of the world, carrying in her own body none other than the Son of God and the Savior of the world. What an amazing nine months it was for Mary too. Now, I don't want to overstate that uh, particular analogy. I'm conscious that any reference to pregnancy and to nine months is a sensitive issue. It may be that those among you are feeling particularly uncomfortable in that thought. And please, I do want to encourage you to be supported, to find those who can come alongside and to pray. And if there's any way that I can be of help, then I'm only too pleased to do so. But I do want to focus this morning on what God was saying in and through Mary and what that episode of the Advent story says to us as we approach Christmas at this time. Because that is very powerful. And following the waiting, there came the whole birth of new life. The coming of Jesus was the greatest news the world has ever known. The fulfillment of the prophets, the hope of the nations. As the carol put it so clearly, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in you tonight. Today is Advent Sunday. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus. It means coming. It is the season of the Christian calendar, waiting with expectation to celebrate the coming of Christ and looking forward also to his return. We have Advent candles and Advent calendars and to get the, into the whole idea of a countdown to Christmas. But today I would especially like to look at the attitude that Mary had during her time of waiting and how that applies to our situation today, particularly in this whole season of waiting in which we find ourselves this year. And the key to this passage is what Jane read to us earlier on. It's sometimes called the Magnificat. It's Mary's song of praise, which is set in the context of her visit to Elizabeth, who was also expecting a child. Now, Elizabeth was a relative of Mary, and she lived in the hill country of Judea. We don't know exactly where, though tradition places their home in a little village called En Karem, not far from Jerusalem. And Mary spent three months of her pregnancy away from the familiarity of Nazareth, supporting her much older relative living in an unfamiliar place. And maybe in that time, she was able to reflect a little bit more deeply on all that was happening. The song which came out of this time was truly remarkable. Though steeped in Old Testament language, it was reflecting the heart of Mary very clearly indeed. And it seems to me that there are two words which capture Mary's heart at this time as expressed in this song. And the two words are faith and expectancy. I'll just look at them in turn. Faith and expectancy. Mary expressed remarkable faith at this time. The first evidence of this was when she was told by the angel Gabriel that she would give birth to Jesus. And her response was, I am the Lord's servant. May it be according to your word. 
And then in her song of praise, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Wow. From deep within, there was this heartfelt expression of praise from someone who was totally surrendered to the greater purposes of God. Here was faith at its very best. At a time when it would, be, would have been so easy for Mary to look in on herself, expect all the attention to be towards her, she actually put the focus towards God in humility, in faith, in overwhelming praise. I love the opening words of this passage. Rather than saying, my soul feels sorry for myself, she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. The Greek word is megalunai, megalunai, which sounds a little bit like our English word magnify. And that's how it is translated in some of our English Bibles. But I think glorify is a better word. We're not magnifying God in the sense that we're giving to God anything that he doesn't already have or adding in any way to what he already is. We're not putting him under a magnifying glass to make him bigger. But we are declaring the glory of God, the awesome deeds of God. There is something inside of us which is saying yes and amen to God who is awesome in every way. A little bit further on, Mary says, For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Again, she could have said the opposite. That she had been put into an awkward situation. That her fiancé was considering a quiet divorce. That life was going to be unbearable under the spotlight. But none of that. Instead, it was all about what God had done for her. A sense of God's generosity to her and indeed through her to the whole world in the gift of the son of his son Jesus Christ if mary was able to rise above her circumstances in such expectation and faith such confidence in almighty god then we need to do the same today god hasn't changed and we know much more than Mary did at that time. We know how God's purposes were indeed fulfilled in the coming of Jesus and how Jesus' death and resurrection has brought about the opportunity of forgiveness and new life of a real relationship with God. We know how the Holy Spirit has brought transformation across the world in lives of countless people today. Now is not the time to feel sorry for ourselves, but to reach out in faith and see the bigger picture of what God is doing in the world today. Faith was very evident in Mary's life at this time of waiting. But so was expectancy. And if the first part of Mary's song particularly expresses faith, then the second part expresses expectancy. We shouldn't worry too much about the tense of the words in the English translations. This is all about what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away 
empty. There is so much here about what God is doing in the world today. That first and foremost, his mercy extends to all who fear him in all generations. And the use of fear here is not being afraid of God, but being in awe of God. Being brought to a place of silence and humility before a God who is all-powerful, all-loving, all-holy, and who is extending mercy to all generations. We in our time and in our generation are able to receive the mercy of God and live in the reality of God's grace. We can know his forgiveness. We can be surrounded by his love. We can be strengthened by his spirit. God's mercy is reaching out to you today and inviting you to trust him now. And then there's the wider dimension of what God is doing in the world that is expressed in these phrases that follow. Here we have God's challenge to the proud. There is, of course, a right and wrong kind of pride. It's fine to take pride in your work, to delight in the achievements of your family and friends, but it's not okay to be obsessed with your own importance. It's not okay to seek success at the expense of others. That kind of pride has to be challenged. Here also we have God's opposition to the rulers. In the Old Testament, there are many examples of those whose authority was suddenly taken from them, from the pharaohs of Egypt right the way through to King Nebuchadnezzar. Mary herself would suffer at the hands of the brutal behavior of Herod and the ineffective governance of Pontius Pilate. But in her heart, she knew that the only real and lasting authority is with God and with him alone. And she always looked to that higher authority. Here also we have God's care of the vulnerable. Lifting up the humble, filling the hungry with good things. And this year has shown us more and more the importance of seeing the value of every life. Of supporting those who are homeless. Those who are bereaved. Those who are unemployed and that number is sadly increasing all the time. Of protecting those who are elderly. Of restoring justice where there has been a long history of discrimination. All of this is in the heart of God. And all of this was expressed in the Song of Mary. Isn't that amazing at this time? And that same expectancy of what God is doing in this world today needs to captivate our hearts and minds. In this season of waiting, there are already seeds of new life and hope, of the growth of God's kingdom, of the move of God's spirit. People are coming to faith here and now. Those who've never stepped inside a church building are joining worship online. There may be some of you listening to this service today and you've never physically been in our building. That's great. And it's lovely that you're part of the worshiping community. Faith is no longer being pushed into the corner. It's moving more and more into center stage. I am excited to see what God is doing. And that expectancy needs to be a hallmark of our lives today. So what was it about Mary during her nine months of waiting? 
there was something very profound about faith and about expectancy. They are two key words for our lives today. Will you come to God now in renewed faith and really trust in him today? Will you look around with expectant eyes, see how you can be part of God's kingdom in the world today as we see what he is doing, as we stand firm for what we believe and what we trust is right and good for this beautiful world that God has made. May this Advent season be an adventure both in faith and in expectancy. Now, sermons need responses. We don't just say these words and leave them there. We expect God to speak and to act. And I encourage you to respond this morning. Maybe that you want to just say something in the chat. That's fine, and that encourages other people. It may be that you would like to send an email back to me uh, later today, and that would be wonderful to hear from you and to engage with you. It may be that there is something that has triggered a concern and an anxiety, and you would value support and prayer. And just as where we were physically gathered in a building, we would offer prayer ministry after a service. There are ways that you can connect with people who can pray for you, even if it is over the phone, if it is online. And uh, I encourage you to do that. And don't hesitate to come back to me if I can facilitate or help that in any way.